I am Philip Sammons. So it's great to be with you today and just talk a little bit. And so I'm excited just to have a conversation. I know yeah. we've had a little bit of conversation when we, before we even got started. But I just kind of want to think of, hear about, uh, describe your life before you accepted Christ. Can you describe how that was for you? Or? Yeah, so I, I feel like I feel like mine's kind of uncommon Like in, in that um, I don't think I was necessarily like living a bad life or like anything like that. It was definitely... A life kind of devoid of God, so obviously not like not great. Like obviously, like that that's that's easily understandable. Um, and, but I, I'd say my life wasn't necessarily. It, it's strange because I can't say that my life was necessarily like so difficult before I came to Christ. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like obviously it's much better, and I can see the benefits and like the multitude of things that I could bring up um, that I'm sure we might bring up in other questions um, in terms of like how it benefited benefited from it. Um, but like, honestly, I'd say my life was relatively normal speaking. Um, like even when I wasn't a Christian, I actually, like, I, I felt like a lot of like the moral principles of Christianity and stuff, like, like a lot of things that, that Christianity like explicitly believes are things that I, I held to be true. And so like, Did my point is I, I never like kind of devolved into drugs or, or sex or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like I, I just, I, I, even though I wasn't following God, my life wasn't necessarily that much different, actually, because a lot of the things that obviously we believe as Christians are things that I at least thought were good, and there's still things that I kind of ascribed to beforehand. Whoa. So, like, I never, I never really struggled with uh, too much outside. Did of Did your parents always go to church? Yes and no. Okay. Um, that 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 was kind of part of the upbringing. Was that so? When we were younger, uh, my kind of attitude towards uh, Christianity was that of a lot of people of my age where my mom effectively forced us to go to uh, church all the time and I did not see the point of it and I did not care for it. Uh, that, that, that's really the truth is like I, I just completely rejected it as like I don't really care about this. Uh, so that was kind of always the attitude uh, as the upbringing. Did you feel like the church tried to engage with you at all or did you feel like I think it that was... was definitely with the church of the to- at the time that I went to. I will not say publicly just for out of sure. respect. Sure, yeah. Um, but I will say that is de- that is definitely a problem of that of that church is that they do not they do not interact very much whatsoever. They they are very um, there, there were a lot of like like little like cliques of people and like that that caused a lot that caused a lot of issues as to why that church ended up kind of breaking up as well. Um, they were not very unified. They did not really have much like they did not do events or anything like so. I I did not ever get to know people very well at that at that church um, when I was younger. Did you feel like you you were kind of empty before you came to Christ? It kind of sounds like oh, you were kind of... Oh, for sure, kinda... yeah. Um, yeah, and, and this Well, is... you said you weren't a drug dealer, but No, you just exactly. Like... <laughs> so, like, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily going into drugs or sex or anything bad like that. But, yeah, I, I would definitely describe it like that. Um, it, was, it was definitely a life devoid of God, devoid of meaning. Um, and this is actually, like, where, at, like, the time I really got it, like, at the time, for example, um, I didn't get anything, like, super bad, like, drugs or sex or anything, but, like, um, I, 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 I dealt heavily into philosophy. So, like, if you were to look, like, I guess at my life back then, um, it was devoid of meaning, and that's actually really what I was 
that's what I was trying to find actually when I got invited to Porterfield like that at, I was at that point in my life where I was like I do not understand the meaning of this I was just looking for any kind of meaning or purpose or value of life and so I I, I I ended up obviously getting into things like philosophy and stuff like that. I still enjoy, um, but it, yeah, it wasn't until I, I, I came to Porterfield that that's a good way to describe it. That that feeling of like emptiness and like you know actually finding a purpose and finding meaning and finding value uh, really you know kind of came into my life. Yeah, it's so interesting that even as a as a non really Christian at that point, yeah. that you still were seeking something, right? Yes, and and this is something I I, I always talk about. I feel like I feel like my life is or my, my, the way that I came to God was a little bit different than like the norm, but I could also be wrong because this is a little bit of a stereotype, but like typically like people kind of describe like living a, a life that's like, like really awful and then like, like maybe they don't believe in any of like the moral principles of Christianity and whatnot. And then they come to Christ and then like from there, like their, their beliefs, their values, all of that are kind of constructed within like obviously biblical teachings and stuff like that. Whereas I feel like my life was actually a little bit different. Um, at the time, like I told you, I was I was searching for meaning and value in things, and believe it or not, I actually came to like, like found like create those things first. Um, how do I say this? I think mine's different in that I actually came to believe what I thought was good, what I thought was right, what I thought was moral, like all these moral principles and whatnot, and then ended up coming here. And it just like it just ended up being that like I remember hearing like Adam talking and whatnot. It, it was just like lined up perfectly. So like I feel like my my story was different in that case, because I kind of figured out all the things that I believed were right and just and pure and good and whatnot actually before I came here. And then when I came here, you know, like for example, I, I didn't like abortion, and then, and then I came here and it was like oh. This, Christianity also believes this is bad. And then I was like, oh, well, I think this is bad. Christianity also thinks that's bad. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, Christianity, like, believes everything that I have also found to be, like, moral and good and right. And, and like, I, so I feel like that's kind of how my story went. Whereas instead of, you know, being formed afterwards, I feel like a lot of my beliefs were formed beforehand uh, about what I found to be correct about the world. And then so I found Christianity like, was, like, like you're your moral perspective was I feel like I'm in tune. <laughs> no, 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 you're not. This is good. I, I love the conversation. I love to hear what's going on. I was on. just wasn't sure how to explain that perfectly. <laughs> no, I thought you did a good job. And what I'm thinking about is those that you were kind of living that moral standard, but with mm -hmm. devoid of the relationship with God, mm -hmm. almost in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. And and the thing is that I, and this is also what I've come to realize is like it it's it's really no better. Like you know. Like, I can't tell you how many people, like, you know, how do I put this? Just because you're on the right moral standing, like, uh, if it still doesn't come from a place of, of godliness, like, like you, look at, you look at, like, current culture and society, and there are a lot of people who, like, politically might believe things that are good or proper, but if they're not coming from a place of God, what I've learned to realize is that you will ultimately end up in the same place, which is now. Like, if you're... If, if you have become like a like without God and, and your your you know humanity of any like any society or any country or whatever like has become godless, they always like you can look at this historically. They always devolve into like where we are now, like problematically speaking. So like you can live like on the right moral backing and whatnot, but if you're still devoid of God, all of the like corruption is still going to seek its way in and, and weasel its way into whatever you're doing in life. And like that's also true because I will say this. 
even when I did find like, hey, this is what I believe and I believe this is good. Um, when I was delving into the, like philosophy and stuff, because like, like I said, that's what I was doing and just trying to find some kind of meaning in my life. Um, there were a lot of things that actually were not great that did end up weaseling the way their kind of way in, um, you know, so if, if you're still devoid of God, you know, like all, it, all you're doing is inviting that in anyways. Yeah. So what, at what point, you know, kind of talking about what the moment you made that decision to be a follower of Christ, what, what, what made you recognize that void that was there to the point where Christ became the answer? I think it really... It really came into perspective when I realized, well, firstly, I, I can't. I started coming here and I started realizing like, oh, I believe this. Christianity also believes this. I believe that. You know, so And all those things lined up. I think it really hit home when I, I started to question. I was like, huh, that's kind of strange. Like everything kind of lines up with what I... <laughs> it's with, not supposed to. I was, like, I was like, this is a little weird. Um, and then I ended up reading. I can't remember where this is. I had this in my head beforehand. Um, but I ended up reading that like God explains that like he, he's inscribed morality into all people like the moment they were born. All right. And so we know the difference between good and bad and, and evil. And that was really that, that, that one like kind of place where it talks about, I can't remember where it is in the Bible that talks about that, but it, it explicitly states and God explains that he has inscribed morality upon humans from when they're born. And that was a huge point where I was like, oh, well, now it all makes sense. Like, this is why, like, you know, we are not to listen to ourselves and our own desires, but for, for a large portion, sometimes your gut, like, really just get things right, gets things right. Like, even people who aren't Christians, a large majority of them know what's right and wrong. Even if they're doing wrong, they know it's wrong, and they, they know it deep inside. That's where really, really where that comes from. And that, that was really a huge turning point for me when I started to realize, like, hey, kind of like, like not only does it all make sense, then it kind of made sense why it makes sense, <laughs> if, if, yeah. that, if that also makes sense. Um, it, it kind of, like, really hit me, like, oh, well, like, because I, I always wondered how that happened. Like, I always, I always kind of wondered. I was like, I was like, why do people who aren't even Christians also believe a lot of Christian things between like what's good and bad. And it, it like it kind of all started to make sense in that realm. So when you made that decision, was that at like a, a that special was at event or camp? And I cannot remember what drama it was. It was the one KT Machia was, was playing, was, was, was act was like, she was like the lead character in the drama. Uh -huh. And I thought it was so good. Um, it was like one of my favorite dramas of all time. Yes, it was the everything drama. Thank you. So that was it. Was it was at the night of that camp uh, when they displayed the everything drama? Uh, that was when I really came to accept Christ, and I think that really goes down. Um, I think that really goes down to actually, like, like I remember right then and there actually feeling like I actually belonged somewhere, all right. And I didn't know understand and understand quite everything at that point, but I actually felt like I belonged somewhere. Yeah. And like, it kind of goes back to like the very first time I was ever invited to youth. I talk about this all the time. The very first time I was ever invited to youth, I, I will literally never forget this, literally walking into that room over there. And uh, I, I, I enter the door and Ryan's sitting in the refuge chair, y'all built, <laughs> and he just goes, and just looks back, he just goes, <gasps> just grabs me, he like jumps up, bear hugs me so hard, it literally hurt, uh, literally caused me pain. Did you know, um, did you think at that point, am yeah, I coming like, back here? <laughs> I was like, oh, these people are crazy. <laughs> like, but like, I'm, I will never forget that moment. And it, it, that was a very similar moment to when I was at camp and I actually like, 
you know, decided like, okay, I'm actually doing this now. And I actually wanted to like kind of wholeheartedly go into this. Um, but like, that's a moment that's very similar. It's like actually this sense of belonging, actually this sense of purpose and understanding, like just actually having some structure to the world as well. Like not having to constantly question everything as well was also, I think a huge purpose, uh, of, of why I accepted, ended up accepting Christ. It's like actually feeling like there's something solid to hold on to. Yeah, because I, I think that's what I keep keep hearing you say is that one of the things that you were looking for is purpose. Mm -hmm. and, and that knowledge of knowing Christ is giving you that purpose, mm -hmm. it sounds like. So, you know, kind of talk about maybe some of the valleys you've been through since then. That What are some of the things that have been hard as a Christian? So... I think it's hard because I remember one of the, this was one of the first things that I ever um, experienced. And this was like throughout like my sophomore and kind of junior year of high school. Um, has nothing to do with high school, but like that was the time period where I really struggled with, even though I had accepted Christ and I knew what that I wanted to like follow this wholeheartedly, it was very difficult for me to. And I think the reason for that is because I kind of felt like this imposter syndrome, so to speak, where it was like, like I knew I had been rejecting it my entire life. It kind of created this like almost um, kind of angsty feeling where it was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. Like, I, it, it, like I said, it created this imposter syndrome where I kind of didn't feel like I deserved to really be here or be doing anything. Like, I remember, I remember when we were joking around in youth before I was about to speak for Youth Sunday. Um, one of the greatest experiences of my life, I think, in terms of, like, influencing me to, like, really go hard for Christ was actually getting to preach on Youth Sunday. And I remember, like, that was a huge turning point, actually, for like that imposter syndrome kind of feeling that I had. But I, cause I remember when everybody in youth, cause it was actually everybody in youth who was like, you should preach. And I was like, uh, <laughs> okay. And that's, that's literally how it happened. But like, I, I felt like I, who am I to be doing this? Who am I to be here? Who am I to be talking about anything? Who am I to be preaching to an adult congregation as a junior in high school? Like, you know what I mean? Um, and I thought that was a great message at the time. I think that really especially for that being my first time, was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I think that was a turning point. But I think that's definitely one of the biggest valleys that I've walked to because I had accepted Christ, but, like, it was really difficult, like, throughout high school to kind of really actually feel comfortable, like, playing a, playing a role in, in God's plan, yeah. you know, outside of that. Because... It, it was kind of always this questioning feeling of, like, who am I to be here? Who am I to be doing this? Who Like, like I didn't feel... Um, you know, valuable enough to really be in there, considering I had rejected it my entire life up until yeah, that I, point. I totally understand that. And I think that, you know, going through that fear and, um, you know, sometimes you may feel like, what, what if I'm rejected? What if I'm yeah. uh, considered to, to be a failure or something? You yeah, know? I, I was really, what yeah. What if I screw I, this up? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what exactly. if I say something really dumb? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, what if I forget my talking points and then I just... Gone. But yeah, I know that that's where God stretches us too. It's, yeah. it's us overcoming those difficulties and, and putting our faith and trust in Him that grows us. You know. Mm -hmm. So, any other valleys that you've been through, like recently, or struggles that you've had to deal with? I I don't know that I have anything particular to talk about with this subject, but something I will go over. I'm very bad about um, like losing or or like when people kind of like leave your circle of life, so to speak, and like you lose friends and whatnot. And I didn't necessarily lose friends because I was, well, 
one one close friend I did lose because she was like, "You're a Christian, and I don't like you." Actually, that that was that's true. Like that's legitimately <laughs> what happened. Win? Yes, that's that's literally how oh, it happened. That's she, crushing. Was, she was like, "I think that what you do is wrong, or what you believe is wrong," and so we're not friends anymore. She was a really close friend too. Like she was like one of my favorite people ever. Oh wow. Um, but that's the, I I haven't I haven't really had anyone else do that in my life. But I always find it very hard when there come periods of time where I where you know like I said you kind of just lose touch with people. Um, I've always, I've really always struggled with that, and I know I do. Um, but it, as much as I hate to admit it, <laughs> I always find myself like circled up by somebody, by some good, good group of people, no matter who it is. Um, you know, consider that a blessing, so mm -hmm. to speak. Yeah. Um, I, I've never really struggled to find a good circle of friends to be around. Um, even though that does end up changing for me a lot. And I, th I think that's probably my biggest, that's like my biggest struggle just as a, as an individual is like, I always feel like I'm constantly changing friend groups and it's like, ugh, can I, can I not just like settle down for like a group? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like trying to find a wife right now. Like, come on. <laughs> a little stability, please. Yeah, huh? come on. Like, Describe a mountaintop experience that you've had with Chris. What mountaintop was, experience. Yeah. So um, probably preaching was one. Yeah, of yeah, preaching on that youth Sunday was definitely one of them for sure. Um, have there been others? Have there been other? Um, yes. I think, I think that most of my moments come from much smaller moments, so to speak. Though, like, like more individual type of moments, whether it's like helping out in youth or whatever. Or like, I've had kids come to me and stuff like that. Like. I don't know. I always consider those very valuable moments. I, I think that I have a gift for speaking. Um, I don't like talking about myself too much because I don't want to seem like a narcissist, but I know it's a, definitely a skill of mine to teach and to kind of um, educate. And I think like really any moment like that is always super, like, like I always, I always think of those moments as always being mountaintop moments because I enjoy them more than anything else. Um, and this is something I was talking. I was talking to Adam about this the other day. I had this point the like just like last week, uh, like a week and a half ago, um, where I had this point where I was just I was just sitting around. And I was just like playing video games, just chilling after a day of school. And I was just like, I just had like this realization. Like I just, I just kind of don't care about this. Like I'm doing it because I enjoy it, and like yeah, it's it's stress reliever after a long day of school, classes, and whatnot. But I was like, I kind of just don't care about this stuff, really. Like, I don't care about these video games or like, like I was talking, I was talking with my friends, um, over playing games, and we were talking about movies, and like, I just kind of had this weird realization. I was like, none of this really matters, and like, I kind of like, like relative to like getting to do things for God and having those moments where like I'm really like getting to do something that feels purposeful in that matter. Like, everything else relatively is like pointless at that point. You know, what I mean? yeah. like, like in a relative scale. So you, that's kind of the heart of it is that you want to do something that's making a difference, investing yeah. in the people. And, yeah. You know, we didn't even get a chance to really talk about, you know, some of the things you'd love to do. Like uh, I know you, you're right now you're really into, uh, you know, post-production mm -hmm. and things like that. Do you want to share a little bit about that? I actually have a short film I'm working on at oh, the really? moment. It's cool. very, it's very symbolic though. I did not go like a full like Christian message with it. It could, it could definitely be used for some Christian messages though. Like you could definitely tailor it to those, uh, which is kind of why I made it a little bit like abstract as I did, but I'm, I'm working on something right now. I just got a shot done yesterday. It looks awesome. Cool. Really excited. Um, I don't know how much I can say about that though, because like I don't even really know quite what it is yet. <laughs> like you know, like I feel like I feel like I'm at this point where 
I feel extremely motivated. I know what my skills are, and I know what God has blessed me to be good at and to be good at doing, and I know what's effective for me. And it, right now, it's really coming down. It's really coming down to figuring out the outlets that I want to to create in order to to use those skills and to yeah. utilize those things that I know I'm good at, whether that's public speaking or like more intellectual type things that I know I'm, I, I know I'm good in that realm. Um, or like, like you were talking about like video and content creation. Um, and, and being a magician too. Yeah. Are you still doing that? Yeah, um, I'm still doing magic. Yeah. It's just been tough because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of wiped out the whole, uh, the... it wiped out the whole entertainment market, dude. It's just all gone. <laughs> All all the street performer friends that I have, just like they're just not doing anything either. Like it's 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 tough right now. I still think it's kind of really cool to think about how that was planted a seed in your mind with an upward basketball game, right? There was the ceremony. Yeah, yeah. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, it was it was actually an upward um, over at Tunnel way back in the day. I was like really, I'm like I don't even. I, don't even, I think I was like maybe like 10 years old or something like that, like maybe even younger. Um, there was a magician, yeah, and at the Upward Basketball um, ceremony thing. Um, I don't remember if the ceremony was actually at Tunnel, but point is it was, it was that organization. I don't remember where they hailed the ceremony. But um, this guy, uh, he had this coloring book, and he did like the coloring book trick. I don't know if you've ever seen it where like you take the black off someone's shirt, and then you flip through the – well, you flip through them first, and they're blank. Then you flip through them, and then they show the outlines. And then you take some color off of other kids' shirts, and then they're all colored in. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, the coloring book, like, fills itself in. Um, do you know how to do that trick? Yeah, I, I still have it. I bought oh, it from really? the guy. Yes. I, can I, you I, show it to me I bought, Yeah, I can. I bought, oh, the cool. pro I bought the prop from that magician who was there. He was selling stuff afterwards, just, like, little cheap gags and stuff, like – for kids and I still have it. I still have all of the stuff that I bought from that guy. I still have all of it. I have the jumping wand. I have the actual like normal wand that I bought. I have all of that stuff like uh, like in a box upstairs. Yeah. It's really cool cuz when I think about you that that investing in people how you never know when it's going to be a lightning rod for somebody. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's strange. It, you don't realize it until like hindsight being twenty twenty. Because I remember, uh, you know, I've, I've you know seen you perform and do a lot of your 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 magic tricks. Of course, one of your wheelhouse is mm -hmm. using cards and going mm -hmm. and doing kind of street magic. And remember Winter Jam when we went up there to Winter Jam, <laughs> and we were just kind of walking around because we were waiting to get inside. Yeah, that was really cool. That was a lot I of got, fun. I got bored. We were waiting forever, and I was like, all these other people <laughs> are here are bored too. So I'm going to do some magic right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. I yeah. thought that was neat. And to bring it full circle that, you know, years later here, you were performing and doing our ceremony for yeah. Upward and, and providing for that. So that, I think oh, that's yeah. really cool how God's used you in that way. Uh, do you ever kind of think back like God's hand on your life the whole time and how that kind of... <sighs> that's always hard to think about because you, like, you, don't, you don't know any better, at the, especially at the time. So like, it's very, definitely hard uh, to visualize that. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, always, always these strange things that tend to come for full circle. Like I said, hindsight being twenty twenty, like it all, it always all ends up lining up somehow in the end. It's like, but you don't see it at the moment uh, yeah. until until obviously later on. Well, I know that that's been a real blessing for you. But have there been other blessings in your life that God has kind of brought to you or done for you that you're just like, I can't believe I'm doing this, or I can't believe that God worked this out. It seemed like such a mountain. I, mean, I think it's tough right now only because 
I don't know if it's uh, it's tough because it hasn't really worked out entirely. But one of the di most difficult things for me was finding out what I wanted to do. So I went to OU for a year because I yeah. thought, oh, I want to do content production and whatnot. I like the stuff I still enjoy, um, and I still do it. But the problem was that I had to think to myself, like, do I really want to do this like corporate wise? Because, like, it would be awesome to get a job for, like, a Christian company making, like, like right now media or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, that'd be cool. But the likelihood of that and to bank on that is also unlikely. So, like, I, I ended up leaving because I had to think to myself, I love doing this stuff for God. But do I really want to make, like I said, do I really want to go work at these other media companies and do this in a corporate way? And the answer with that was no. Because I don't care about it, and there's there's no motive. I had no motivation to do that, and so right now I'm at Washington State in robotics. I would like to stay in the area with a job in that field, especially when some of the factories start to like automate around here. Mm -hmm. So I think it kind of is a blessing, but it's also tough because I feel like I'm still banking on an extent trying to be around here. Because I don't know, it like this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, where like I kind of have had this realization lately that like. I want to do something in this field. I don't know if I don't I don't think that's necessarily preaching. But I've had this realization like I don't want to do anything that isn't for God as my main like primary work. It's just I'm not sure quite how to make that happen or what that looks like yet. And that's the toughest thing right now. Cuz I don't I don't know where I stand with like for example, my major in college and what like like honestly like relative to like what I want to be doing for God, even though I'm not sure what that is yet. Like even even that feels pretty pointless relative, you know. If, if to I that. and so you... it's 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 so it's tough because I don't I don't really know where I exactly fit in with, like I said, this kind of whole purpose. And, and just to be honest with you, that's a that's a thing that that a lot of people your age experience, mm -hmm. you know, trying to figure out. Okay, well, where, what door do you want me to go through, mm -hmm. Lord? You know, what what door is God opening for me? Because you don't always know the exact outcome or yeah. the exact thing. And that so that's it's it's, it's also you. just really tough because like I have felt very called to be doing something for quite a few years now, and it like it's it's just tough because I don't I don't know what that thing is. Like I've had so many people come to me. And I won't lie, I've had so many people tell me like you need to become a a preacher, and I just. I don't think my skill set necessarily fits within that. I, I, I think, being a preacher I think, or being no. a pastor? Well, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to be honest. I don't really see the difference between these. <laughs> I've had what so many what about an evangelist versus a pastor? You know, evangelist um, goes out and speaks at different locations. A pastor, you know, kind of shuts I've actually heavily thought about that. I've, yeah. thought, I've, thought, I, I, I've, I've thought about seeing if I could go to other places and speak because I know that that's where that that's more where my skill set aligns. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I just don't know. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but like I've had people come to me and like, they're like, like I remember like after I've had, I've had people still do it like just a couple months ago. Like, Hey, you should like, you should really consider like being, being a pastor or whatever. And I'm, I'm just like, I like, that would be great. And it, but it's, 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 it's weird because like, I feel I've prayed about it a lot. And I just feel like I know that, like, I could settle for that and it'd be great. And I know I'd still be doing great work, obviously. Um, but I, I just, I feel like God is calling me to something else. 
not like not like some, but like something better where I'm where I'm fitted just a little bit better. I think that that's I think that that's definitely up the line, like so to speak, up the up the alley of what I want to do. I want to be teaching. I want to be educating. I want to be spreading the word. Um, it's just I, I I don't know I don't know why I just I've prayed about it a ton, like so much. It's unbelievable, and I I feel like there's just something else that is better suited for me. I, it's just so hard for me to figure out what that is right now. Yeah. And I think at your age, you may not have all the answers, but you just got to take the opportunities that you're yeah. given, just like being here, sharing with us yeah. today. And I know you're going to be speaking and preaching here some, mm-hmm. so, and teaching youth too, right? You've been given opportunities to speak to the team. Yes. I taught a couple of weeks ago, um, a little something there. Um, and I would like to do more. I, I think I have I have some I have some topics I definitely want to want to speak on there. My kids said that they really enjoy hearing you speak. Oh, so. I I well I <laughs> that's a big compliment. <laughs> <laughs> what was your topic the last time you spoke? Oh, uh, it was on friendships, and I specifically took, um, I specifically wanted to take some more lesser known, like things of the Bible. Like for example, one of the things I talked about um, was between. Um, like when you look at like the story of like David and Goliath, um, a lot of people like, a lot of people tend to like only focus on like David and Goliath, like him destroying, you know, you know, taking down the Goliath with just the stone. But what they don't focus on afterwards is um, what happened like right after that, where um, um, <laughs> my goodness, my my mind is going blank. What's okay. his name? The king. He became friends with him right afterwards. He gave him his, his bow and his... his thank Saul. you, Saul. I, I almost said Paul, but I knew that wasn't right. I was like, it's like, what's the guy's name? I'm awful with names. Everybody everybody who knows me personally knows I'm awful with names. I almost said Paul, but I, I knew that wasn't it. Uh, but I was like, I knew that was close. Well, Saul um, and Paul. Right? Yeah, anyways, so, but the, a lot of people don't realize, like, uh, and this is just one example. I went through a couple examples of, like, friendships that are born of, of different um, variations. And so, for example, you look at, at, at David and Saul, and their friendship was... One of those special ones that, like, almost like God ordained it to be. Like, he defeated Goliath, and literally what what happened right afterwards, Saul effectively was welcoming him, like, like straight up kind of into a family, like, giving him a purpose. And um, what I talked about specifically was the moment right after where Saul takes off, he takes off his tunic, his belt, and his bow, and he gives him his sword and all the, he gives him all this stuff. But this isn't necessarily, like, um, a stepping down moment for Saul as much as it is a propping up of David. And so like I, I, I one of the key points that I hit on there was like like good friendships, like friendships that you should be looking for are the friends that and this was just the example of this one. I also brought up like Ruth and Naomi and that's like a friendship born out of tragedy. But yeah. Um that's a powerful story though. Yeah, it's a gr- it's a great one. Uh, I, I, I think I think isn't talked about enough. I think it's a great one. But like for example, what I focused on with with David and Saul was um, that like one of the key characteristics of a good friendship that I think is very rare nowadays. It's very hard to find, especially in today's age, especially with people my age, um, are, are friends who recognize other friends' strengths and are able to prop them up or or recognize kind of that people are better at other things. Yeah. Um, talk about, you know, you mentioned friendships. Um, you know, who's influenced you for Christ or helped you grow in, in your walk? Has there been in, anybody particular? Or? There have been, there've been quite a few. Um, I'd definitely say Adam for one of them, hugely. Um, I would definitely say Jill as well for one of them. Had a lot of good intellectual conversations with her. Love her. Um, those are probably two huge ones. 
I would I would definitely also I would definitely also say you and Mark <laughs> like like honestly just kind of a family there, um, but outside of that, like I'd I'd definitely put you know the four that I just mentioned probably at the top there, uh-huh. um, just because I've got to know you so well and obviously. I would definitely I would definitely say my friends as well, much less as like mentors, but kind of like you know when I think of like Logan and Will, like just all of them and and and. And and the Newlands and the Mag, like all all of all of like kind of that friend group, definitely less of a mentor way, but yeah. more of like a family kind of like a sense of belonging way. Well, like in most time when you think about leadership, you got to have somebody ahead of you, mm-hmm. somebody walking alongside you, and then yeah. somebody you're leading. Exactly. So uh, yeah, it's it's kind of cool to see you involved in youth group now that you've been in youth and now yeah. that. Yeah. So exactly. how do, how have you enjoyed working with the teens? Oh, I just I just love putting a smile on their face. There was this thing, and um, <laughs> we we're uh, this was at youth camp not too long ago. Everyone still talks about the watermelon helmets. So I I wish I could have made more. Shout out to my mom because she did a lot of work <laughs> on them as well. Um, she put a lot of work into the, into those. But point is, we wanted to. I I had this idea for the youth camp. Our thing our theme was air fryer and it was all food related and whatnot so i was gonna i was like oh i'm gonna go to the store and make uh and, and get some watermelon and hollow them out <laughs> stop <laughs> laughing at me adam's like there's no way you're gonna find a watermelon and i was like shut up adam i'm gonna find a water i didn't find a watermelon <laughs> so so what did you find <laughs> we took a bunch of fabric and i found these styrofoam half like spherical things and we made these like fake watermelon helmets, and I was really scared. I was like, "These look kind of silly." They did, but they looked awesome at the same time. And I just, I just remember getting to see the smile on the kids' faces. Like, like I remember Becca was so excited about them, and just, just seeing how happy she was. Where <laughs> she was so, she was so excited about them. Like she was excited all week for me to bring them out so that we could use them for the sled thing. Is is where we ended up using them in. Um, just, I just like. You know, like, like I know other people hold other positions, like, like, you know, Parker helps out a lot, like event wise and scheduling things and whatnot. And I don't hold one of those positions, but I really just, and so my job is effectively just to kind of be with the kids and just make, I just like putting a smile on their face. Like really it's, it's as simple as that. A lot of the time, my job isn't much more than just making sure they're having fun and I try, try to seek them out, try to make sure everyone's included on something. Um, obviously, but just, I, I just love, I love seeing the smile on their face whenever we do things. Well, like you're saying, I, I think that that's where the, you know, titles don't really matter. It's about you investing in people yeah, and, yeah. And, and making sure everybody's having a good time and, and cared about really mm-hmm. is what you're doing is it's an expression of, of value really by spending time and doing something crazy, uh, that these are the opportunities you have to, to serve. And so that, that's really awesome. Anything else about youth ministry that you really enjoy? And I really enjoy the couple moments that I've gotten to uh, teach the kids, whether that be like on Sunday or like one day uh, we were doing small groups on Wednesdays and Ryan was kind of in charge that day, but he couldn't make it. So I took over for him. Really enjoyed that. Um, also because I see it as kind of a very purposeful moment, um, you know, getting to share that way. It's, it's kind of, it's no different than I think it's no, it's no less important than preaching to an adult congregation. And so I take a huge, I take a huge amount of pride in those, in those situations, getting to teach them. And I always make it a very important, uh, priority whenever I do get the opportunity. Um, so I, I definitely, I definitely say that as well. 
for sure. What, what's some things that you want people to take away from you and your life? If, if, if people could say a few words about you, what would be something that you'd want people to say about you? <laughs> I don't like talking about myself. It's always it's always the worst thing that I'm I'm, I'm bad about. I don't. Huh. What do you? Want I, to, I always I always feel like I'm going to make it sound like I have a big head. Well, what do you, what do you want people to take away from you? Like if they had an encounter with you, what would you want them to walk away feeling like you were about or? I would probably, I, I would probably hope that maybe like. I would probably hope that people might get the idea just to not not stand down so much and maybe just not, you know, like hold back from your faith and your beliefs and things like that. Um, you know, we were kind of talking beforehand and like I think a, a lot of a lot of Christians very shortly are pacified by this world and I think that it's one of the largest things that kind of we ha we as Christians have to wake up to is like the idea of like not just conceding so much ground and actually just standing principled for our beliefs because we know what is right and what is good. And, you know, I, yeah, I'm not going to say much more than that, but uh, I, I would hope that they kind of get this idea that just to not be so scared all the mm -hmm. time to, to go out there and spread the word and really spread the gospel and really, really just, you know, fight for God, so to speak. And, because we know what we're called to do, and it's, 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 it's not as complicated as we sometimes make it either. Um, that, that's probably what I would hope. That, that's, that's what I want to instill within people, um, and that's what I've felt very called to instill within people very recently. Like I said, even though I'm not sure what I want to do yet, that's like one of my main priorities is really just, really just kind of getting back to this, the, the truth that we need not be so scared to talk about our religion and we shouldn't be, and we, yeah. we shouldn't let them push us down and pacify us like this, you know, into makes me think of the word courageous, right? Yeah. That you want people to feel courageous or that you want them to, instead of being passive, be more courageous. Yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah. I definitely disagree. I, I would definitely agree <laughs> with that. <laughs> uh, describe how the church, you know, I mean, I know you already shared a little bit of how, uh, Porterfield's impact you, but how, how do you feel like it's helped you grow, continue to grow spiritually? And, and... I think it's definitely, I, I, I really think the biggest way for me, I, I really think the biggest way for me that church, um, cause it always, I feel like this is a very much a thing that like, I, I've already told you, I kind of struggle with, um, it's just like friends and, and maintaining, you know, those close relationships. And that's, that's what Porterfield, if anything, I would say is probably the most valuable thing that Porterfield's given me. Um, and, and I only say that because I'm, I'm, I know that I'm able to be rather independent, like with like making sure I'm keeping up with the word and keeping up reading and, and pray my, you know, my prayer life and whatnot. Um, and so, and so those things tend to be things that like, I don't necessarily need from the church. Um, like, like I know some might, so like, I think definitely friendship and definitely like having that like sense of family here, like in like a lot of the people here, I don't know everybody, but I know a lot of people here yeah. and just really getting to know them and having a place to come and just, you know, smile and be around them. Sounds like that, you know, and I know we talked a little bit too about, you know, the, the interaction, mm -hmm. you know, that, that that's probably something that you feel like you get here. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, it's definitely one of our, our, 
I think it's one of Porterfield. When I when I say R, I, I, you, I think it's one of Porterfield's greatest assets. Last question, really, and we'll we'll see where it goes leads <laughs> after this. But you know, where you know, what steps do you take? to continue to, to grow spiritually? What are some of the things that you do that maybe some people don't know that? So I think, I think I'm hoping some people will kind of, I I, I bet some people will kind of figure this out when I preach on the 20th. Um, I'm a, I'm a strong believer that, you know, obviously everybody needs their fill and everybody needs fed. And, and that, that's super important too. And like having like a foundational understanding of like the Bible and knowing the stories and, um, all that as well. Something I'm a huge uh, believer in is kind of going just like really in depth, like analytically speaking. I think that sometimes we kind of get comfortable with like a certain amount of knowledge or a certain amount of, of understanding of the Bible, like of the Bible. And sometimes we get comfortable with that knowledge that we have that's very rudimentary like that that's kind of a negatively connotated word but i think sometimes we get let me let me start over (laughs) (laughs) because i like this is going to be an awful question to edit if somebody had (laughs) this kind of that it was an awful one i was like i I, anyways i don't know it's natural it's okay (laughs) i think that something i'm a definitely a a large supporter of is really um analyzing things in a a rather deep uh understanding in a in a a much more in-depth scale um, because I think, I think sometimes we get into this realm where we become very comfortable with our knowledge and our general understanding of the Bible, because the Bible can be very, very, um, it can be very scary to look at sometimes or to actually try and understand things to a higher degree and to such an analytical degree, um, of knowledge. And I think this is sometimes why Christians are kind of, you know, scared to, or, or, or maybe they just feel, um, they feel very challenged by it, uh, so that's something I'm a huge uh, I'm a huge kind of advocate for. Is like really taking apart and nitpicking some very in depth details that I think sometimes we don't think about or that we don't bother to question, um, because there are some things that I think God doesn't explicitly tell us, and sometimes that's for very good reason. Um, but sometimes there can be answers that we have that you know a lot of people might just not seek out or. or you know, and, and I and I, the reason for that is because I think that sometimes when we get comfortable with that, like with a rather kind of rudimentary understanding of just like knowing the basic stories and, or just the basic story, rather than like delving into like why things happened and you know the way that they did, or just for example, um, I think that sometimes it opens up questions that because we don't seek out those answers to, it can cause us to kind of question and kind of falter in our faith. Yeah, I think there's times where we kind of rush scripture and, and you know, we rush the mm-hmm. stories that we read and we kind of lump them all together. So we miss on time, we miss on details. Yeah. You know, because we just kind of just throw it and then and we simplify because, the story. It's too. hard because I'm also obviously, like, I, this is a very obvious thing. I'm a, I'm a very, I'm a, and this is kind of what I want to hit on when I pe- preach the 20th. Um, something I kind of want to hit on is I know for a fact the topic I'm going over is going to be kind of complicated and there's literally no way I'm going to answer everyone's questions in the mere 30 minutes. In fact, I'm going to pose a few questions as well that even though I am going into a pretty in-depth understanding of things and why they were the way they, they, that they were, um, I know for a fact the comp- the, that the conversation is, is rather complicated and I know I'm not going to be able to answer everything that everyone might 
come up with. And so I know people are probably going to sit in the pews and probably going to be like, but wait, what about like, no. And, and so my response is going to be when I, when I preach that you need to go figure out those answers for yourself or find out something that satisfies you in that realm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it also does come down to faith. Like I said, there are plenty of things that God doesn't tell us. I think for good reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause where would faith be if, if exactly. we knew everything and, and would we uh, really demonstrate or, or appreciate what's there if we yeah. don't put faith and mm-hmm. trust, you know? So that, yeah, we, there's, there is that balance of knowing answers and then mm-hmm. also having faith to not, to not have the answers for questions that we may have. Yeah, for sure. But it doesn't give us an excuse just to it doesn't, sit back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, uh, yeah, I, I think that um, I think something that's really interesting to me, because like I said, I kind of talked about like my life beforehand. I've always been a very logical person and just very like, you know, that way about things. Um, so I'm, it, it was always one, it still is one of the hardest things for me just to go. You know what? I don't know. I'll just have faith in it. Like it's very hard for me to do that, and I know it's very hard for me. I know, like I'm very open about the fact that I definitely struggle in that kind of realm of thinking in that, that, you know, the ability to have faith. I know I struggle with that um, probably more than other things. Um, more, I struggle with that more than I do, like, understanding the logical implications of the Bible and, and all those details and whatnot. I, I, I don't really struggle with that, but I definitely do struggle in, in just kind of the accepting that some things don't have answers <laughs> and the accepting that. But, you know, like you were saying, it doesn't always just give us an excuse, and I feel that that's also a problem sometimes is a lot of people will look at a question that could be answered even though it might take a good amount of you know analysis and some real in-depth diving i feel like sometimes we do have a problem with going ah oh, just have faith on it like just a bumper sticker slogan just slap that puppy on there you know it's like well, well yes obviously like it's it's a it, it's an important like it it's not only important it's integral to like our entire religion itself like faith is an integral proponent of that but you know, I think I think that shouldn't hold us back so often from going. Well, this is a really difficult thing to answer, but we should at least try sometimes. And like I said, you might not come up with a perfect answer. You know, not everything can be answered to the fullest extent, but you might still find some type of satisfactory answer. Yeah. Is there anything that we didn't get to talk about that maybe you felt like, man, I'd like to share this with all my heart? I just hope I didn't talk for too long. I feel like my answers were more long than some people's answers would be. I don't know how long. I don't know how hard that would be to edit. We just talked about authenticity (laughs) and natural. Well, no, it's just, I know know. know how short, like, this needs to be, like, for the. (laughs) No, I mean, I. I think we're good, right? Okay. So, uh, um, thank you so much for being here. Though. Yeah. I really appreciate your heart, and I'm excited to see what the next chapter that God has for you because I know right now uh, you investing in teens and, and taking those opportunities to teach there and hmm. taking the opportunity to preach. Um, I'm just excited to see where God takes you because I know you I know you want to be where God wants you to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm very. I'm very excited, too. Uh, I think it's just hard sometimes for me to know what I'm doing. And if I could give you some advice, just just looking back on my life, um, there are times where God has us in waiting periods that we think is a waiting period. Yeah. But it's really an opportunity for us to just work with what we He hands us in that moment. Yeah. Not that He's work, He's He's actually working behind the scenes to give us the go uh, to take that next step. But you know, even in the waiting time, God's still using you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a perfect, I think that's actually a perfect example. I think I would be a good example of that because, like I said, like, I'm, I'm kind of right in this perfect in-between point where it's like, 
I'm majoring in this thing, but I still don't want that to be the main core of my of of my livelihood. I, st I, I want to be doing something. I just don't know what that thing is yet. Yeah. But even in the meantime, still, I, I would I would even argue that like helping teach youth or to preach, um, and and Mark Mark and I were talking about this. Like maybe you know, so long as I have time doing it more often, I think actually having those moments um, also continues to allow me to figure out my way there, you know, so to speak. So like, I would argue even that those, the points where God is using me in this in-between time are, are ways to lead me to where I need to be I or think to where he wants me to be, yeah, what he wants I, me to be I doing. I think for us to be a healthy church, I think it's sometimes it's good for us to hear from other voices because sometimes we can, we as ministers can be tuned out. So if we have different people sharing at different times, it kind of ignites that sense of, hey, you know, it's not just one person or one pastor leading us. It's yeah. It's a it's a group effort. We may have yeah, one I agree. lead pastor, but it doesn't mean that others can't be involved in, and be a voice in that too. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, I appreciate uh, it. I'm uh, always I'm always down to share ideas. Yeah, and I, and we've <laughs> talked about maybe some other projects down the road that we could maybe see you do, or maybe you could join with us. So we're excited. So thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Um, just send it off. Uh, I am. And hopefully this will be a series that we can bring everyone to and continue to do in the future. And we just want to hear people's stories. <laughs> we're not the great I am, but we're the small I am. So thank you for joining us.